The Last Word with Matt Cooper. And so, as we do this time every year, we bring in our resident psychotherapist, Helen Vaughan from Anus Counselling, to look after us and get us ready for the new year. And we're going to talk about burnout, which... I suppose people are coming back. Actually, I should preface this by saying I'm aware there are loads of people who have been working over the Christmas who haven't had time off. Like some of us were lucky enough to be off work until today. There are still some people who are lucky enough to be off work for a few more days. But yet, what about people who return to work after a break and go back feeling exhausted? Yeah, you feel like the rest maybe hasn't given you the, I don't know, top up that you wanted or you don't feel like you know when you plug in your phone and recharge it you don't feel that sense of being recharged and it's it's worth thinking about what burnout is and recognising the signs of it to see is it this or is it just that you have too much on your plate or is it just maybe you're a bit down or you're a bit anxious it's trying to separate the various things and see which camp you fall into because I'm sure there are many people who sort of burnt the candle at both ends over Christmas and sort of had lots of partying and lots of nights out and could be tired because of that but there's lots of people who do get downtime and yet when they go back to work they might be feeling hobbled anxious or overwhelmed or what well burn is kind of a bit of all of that so it's sort of a chronic unmanaged stress and exhaustion that impacts kind of your physical health your emotional health and obviously your mental health as well and it's, you know, it's kind of feeling exhausted all the time, having very little energy and it's having little interest in everyday tasks. It's finding maybe you don't enjoy the things you used to enjoy anymore. And for me, that's one of the key points is when, like I had a client a while ago who was grieving and I thought she was burnt out because she stopped going for her daily walks. She stopped planting seeds in the garden that used to give her, you know, good feeling. She stopped doing those things because I think she was just a bit over it all and Sorry, so exhausted. You, you give up the things that are actually that you enjoy and that are good for you because yeah. you're not feeling well. So doesn't that just only exacerbate the difficulties? It does, but you're so burnt out, you're kind of just letting go and you don't care anymore. It can be similar in a way to depression where you lose your motivation, you lose your energy, your kind of capacity to do things and your desire to do things. And that's where it can slip into burnout rather than just overwhelm. But is it different to depression? It is different because burnout is usually related to triggers like work, having too much work on parenting, having too much going on with family. Um, And that feeling maybe like you're lacking control or you're not able to control your life or the demands of you and that kind of overwhelm when it all gets too much um, you know, and maybe you're disconnecting from people around you. So people might go inward, similar to depression in a way, where you don't want to do things with other people. You might find you're not getting joy from your partner or your children where you used to before. Things like being emotionally exhausted, having brain fog. I'm not sure if you've ever had that. Um, some people get it when they're pregnant or after having a baby or in, in during COVID, a lot of lockdown. So what's involved that, in brain fog? Brain fog is where, you know, when you struggle just to think of a word or you're like, you're trying to say something and you can't get it out. You just feel like it's foggy in your head. You know, you're trying to do something at work and you struggle just to get the fact that you know is in there. But can't, you can't remember the passcode for your phone. I or all the time. There's too many passwords. <laughs> but yeah, it's when you just or struggle where to recall things. The car keys or the house keys. Yeah, but when you're doing that a lot and, you know, maybe you were like, I wasn't like this before. What's different? And that could be that you're kind of emotionally exhausted and your brain is doing too much. There's too many tabs open like a computer, you know, and you can hear music coming from somewhere and you don't know where it's coming from. It's like just trying to figure out you've too much going on. Having a lack of control can be a factor for burnout, you know, so feeling like you're not able to influence decisions 
at your work or in your family life or in your general life. So feeling like, I don't know if you've ever had a job, you probably have, that's very demanding and you just feel like, God, I can't keep up. It's never satisfied. It's like having a program that's two and a half hours long and you have to fill it every day. You know what I mean? It's like you feel like it's like this thing that needs to be constantly fed and you're struggling to get there all the time. Lack of control. That's an interesting one because I suppose an awful lot of people do feel they're part of a hierarchy where there are people above them who try to tell them what to do, even if it's not necessarily the right thing to do. How upsetting can that be? And that's where maybe you might look at your work if it is a work situation and think, am I in the right job? Does this job suit me? Can I communicate with anyone that I'm feeling overwhelmed or I have too much on my plate? Can I delegate to anyone around me or can I get anyone else involved you know, to work with me on something if I'm just feeling like there's too much being thrown at me all the time. Other things are like, you know, the one we said before, losing any pleasure you might have got from small everyday things, you know, like your hobbies or your sport or your daily walk or your golf or your swimming, whatever it is that used to give you energy, used to give you joy. If if you're not doing that anymore, that to me slips. That's a real telltale sign, isn't it, of unhappiness, that if you don't do the things that you used to get enjoyment out. And you don't want to help yourself anymore. If you've kind of just even let go of that, you're like, well, if you're not going to help yourself, no one else is probably going to do it either. And that's when I'm like, reach out and talk to someone. Yeah, this whole issue of self-care, sort of like making sure that you are eating, that you're sleeping, that you're even making sure that you look after your hygiene. Yeah, and those are the things that help with burnout or with anxiety or, you know, just general low mood is trying to do the daily things that make you feel like you. It's having a rest if you can. It's, you know, for me, it's doing a bit of sport or sometimes reading a book or listening to music, doing the things that give you joy or give you something rather than feel like you're always doing things for other people. So if your self-care stops, that to me, again, is slipping into burnout potentially where you're just you've lost your energy. You're too burnt out. Um, other things are lack of creativity. You're not doing anything creative anymore. You might be procrastinating about so things. So go back to the creativity thing. Does, do, what sort of defines that? Do many people do things that could necessarily be described as creative in their life? I think a lot of people do, but maybe a lot of people don't that should. You know, even listening to music can be a creative thing. So it's switching off that left brain, rational, creative, sorry, rational, logical the brain that does all the work and the planning and the, you know, knowing what's coming up and what I'm doing for work and what I need to do tomorrow, that's all, you know, organised left brain. Your right brain sitting there knitting or a lot of people have these adult colouring books where you just sit and colour for half an hour and an hour. So you're not thinking or planning or, you know, worrying about the future. You're trying to be in the moment, doing some breathing exercises, literally breathe in, count to four, breathe out, count to four. Try to do that for a few minutes and just kind of bring your blood pressure down, heart rate down, relax your body, not doing, just being. But even things like problem solving, even if you're doing things like Sudoku or playing chess or things that I don't do, but anyway, are they good for you? Yeah, anything that can just put your brain into a different gear, that you're not worrying about the future or the past or work or kids or whatever, that you're trying to just do something present for you in that moment and it's for everyone it's finding your creative thing what do you like versus what do I like some people write journaling is another brilliant one if you want to just write about your day I'm always like start with just write one word what do you feel today do you feel happy do you feel sad do you feel anxious do you feel angry do you feel hurt do you feel whatever guilty you know it's trying to just tap into the other side of your brain and see where am I at how am I feeling Talk to me a bit about procrastination because this is an interesting one which apparently is a very common issue with stress and burnout Hugely common because sometimes if we feel overwhelmed, we just don't do anything because we don't know where to start. It's like looking at the mountain and it's too high, so you won't won't start with even the first step. And the problem with procrastination is that when you do procrastinate and you don't do a thing and you go and watch Netflix instead, you kind of get rewarded because Netflix is nice and it's easy and it's relaxing. 
But then you might shame yourself half an hour later going, oh, I need to get that VAT return done and I haven't done it. And that's typical of me that I didn't do it and I'm no drive and I'm an idiot and whatever. You know, that it, it can bring about this then phase of self-criticism and guilt and shame and, you know, basically being horrible to yourself about it. And then you go back into, well, now I don't want to do it because I don't feel good about myself. And it's this cycle that's not helpful that you can get stuck in. And I'm always like, just start the thing. Just do 10 minutes, get started. And once you get into it, sometimes you keep going. So procrastinate is an interesting one. And I work with it a lot with clients because of that whole shame cycle where they think I'm just lazy and useless. And you're like, you're actually not. It's whatever you want to do. You're not enjoying it. So let's figure out how to make it work or doable or startable even. And how often does burnout then manifest itself in physical exhaustion? A lot. I think that's probably the easiest sign to see is, you know, feeling this sense that you've no energy to do things, that you're physically tired. Sometimes people might get sick. You might find that at Christmas if you've a week off. A lot of people get sick because they're so tired, their body just kind of gives up. I remember when I used to do the early shift here at Today FM, I remember getting sick one year and then we had an election and I ended up burnt out because I was just so tired from getting up and I was physically tired from being sick. And I didn't realise it at the time, but I just needed to stop everything. You know, and sometimes it takes a while for your body to come back because you're so burnt out from work and whatever else is going on that physically your body just needs to rebuild itself, you know, from the bottom up. So it's a, it's, it's a hard one to spot and it's a hard one to get out of because you need to stop doing everything. And if you're in the habit of doing loads, it's hard to stop. Well, then, let's go through the positives of how you can actually combat it. You've touched on a few things already, but go through some maybe self-care tips here effectively. Well, the first step is to kind of become aware of what's going on for you and become aware emotionally of what's going on. What are your triggers? Why are you feeling overwhelmed? What can you control in your life and what can't you? What help and support can you ask for? What are the telltale signs that I've mentioned before that are present for you? Recognising them and seeing them. And there's a lot of people burnt out. Like there was figures that said six and a half workers in Ireland out of 10 said they felt stressed a lot. You know, that's a lot. That's nearly two, that's more than two thirds saying they're stressed a lot. So I think there is a lot of it. But becoming aware that that's how you're feeling and maybe listening to and going, God, yeah, I am a bit burnt out. Reaching out and talking to someone and just naming it and saying it and then seeing what can you do about it. Feeling your feelings is a big one, which is a real therapy thing. But it's just noticing, am I down? Am I anxious? Am I angry? Am I hurt? Am I jealous? Am I shaming myself? What are the feelings? Naming them, owning them, writing them down can be brilliant. Talking to them or talking about them. And I always think feelings are like kind of the warning light coming on in a car when you switch on your car and the dashboard lights up. It's kind of trying to draw your attention to something in your life or in your body that needs attention that you need to do something about. So what is the feeling and what do I need to do about it? Okay, and then what about connecting with someone else or something that gives you meaning? Yeah, and that's back to your kind of self-care, your hobbies, maybe your creative thing. It's trying to do things that give you a good feeling. So that might be a creative thing. It might be sport. It might be sea swimming, which a lot of people are still doing since COVID. You know, it's finding your tribe and finding people that are similar to you, whether that might be hiking as well, yoga online, park run, mindfulness, breathing exercises are brilliant. Just trying to do something with other people. And I do think sometimes as introverts who are like, they just want to connect with themselves and be alone maybe is another form of connection that if your job's very busy and a lot, it's a client facing, you might just need a bit of solitude and a bit of time by yourself as well. You know, so it's trying to find what connection you need and get it into your life every week if you can. What about learning how to say no? And I'm asking this one almost personally because I've actually had to turn something down in the last couple of days. Somebody who asked me to do something and something else for bigger for later in the year. And I thought about it and then I went, I can't give the time commitment. I can't give the physical commitment to this. I want to help out, but 
I can't do it. And I still have to make that phone call to actually say, I'm not going to do it. I was interested, like, why is it staying with you? What emotionally is staying with you? It's because you haven't communicated it yet that you can't do it. But it's interesting that you're feeling that sense of, I can't do it. But I feel like, I mean, there's a feeling, I know I can't do it. But it's also a feeling of guilt in admitting that I can't do it. Why guilt, though? Because I want to be able to help. Which is, and maybe there's a people pleaser in you that likes to always say yes or likes to do things for other people because you feel like that gives you something or that gives them something. So it's, and it's, it's interesting because it is hard to say no. And we have to kind of recognize what we can do in our lives and what we can't. And when you're like, that will put me over the edge. I'm trying to be better at managing my life, have a bit of balance here, do my family time, do my work time, do my hobbies, whatever, but also not do too much where all you're doing is working. And there's only so many hours in the day. And it's also so important to make sure that of those hours that you get your sleep. Exactly. And sleep is so important. And I think it's something that it's easy to get bad at and bad, I don't love that word, but it's, you know, letting yourself go to bed half an hour later or get it up half an hour Well, you say you can get by with so much sleep. Actually, you can't. You need more. But then I've had lots of clients who aren't feeling great and aren't doing that well in their lives in lots of ways. And, you know, some of them will just start going to bed at the same time every day. Pick a time. Bring it forward 15, 20 minutes if you can. Let's say 10 o'clock. And go to bed every day at 10 o'clock no matter what. And just get into a habit of going to bed at that time, leave the phone outside, read a book, listen to a podcast, do something that winds you down and that's, gets you in the mood. very early. <laughs> Don't be in the bed, you know, one or two of you scrolling through your phones and then trying to turn off the light and go to sleep. It's not great. You know, it's trying to figure out what helps you. I find reading a book is brilliant because it just winds your brain down and it takes you somewhere else, so it's good for you. You also have about practising gratitude. What do you mean by that? This is a brilliant one that I do a lot with clients who are down or anxious or whatever. It's trying to pick three things a day that you're grateful for and make them as simple as possible. Don't make them the three, the same three things every day because that's not creative. But it's trying to pick, thing, like, pick things like, I had a nice lunch today, I had a nice trip into town today and we went to the Lego shop. You know, it's trying to think of things that... We're good for you that day. I chatted to a friend and it was nice to chat to him or her. You know, I did got something finished in work and I'm happy that's off my plate and I'm happy enough with how it's gone. You know, it's just trying to find small things. It didn't rain today on my daily walk. It's obviously raining today. It's not very nice. <laughs> but, you know, it's trying to find the things that you just... It's shifting your brain and teaching your brain to be less negative. If you find you slip into the negative a lot, practicing positive can make you be more positive. It literally trains your neural pathways to be more positive. So it's a brilliant habit to get into, especially in January. January is a tough month. It's dark, it's cold, it's wet. I envy all the people who've gone away to the sun. You know, so trying to be grateful for the little things you have, even at this time of year, are good for you. Helen, get rid of your envy. It's not good for you. You just (laughs) said you envy the people who've gone to the sun. I understand you though. Um, Okay, downtime. Downtime is another big one. You know, as you say, don't take on too much work. Don't say yes to things if you don't have time or if it will take your downtime away. Trying to figure out how do you rest. Resting, I think, is very difficult now because the world is built around this whole productive, we must always be doing, we shame ourselves for not doing. So it's trying to figure out what does rest for you look like, what makes you calm down and chill out, whether that's cooking, uh, whether that's going to bed, watching a film, going for a walk. You know, and you can debate whether those things are actually downtime or not, but it's just trying to do things that involve less and are a bit more being, not doing. And the final thing you have on your list, which I want to ask you about, is movement. And I've decided to up my target from 10,000 steps a day, which I've been doing, to 12,000 steps a day, and to make sure that I make move every hour as well, just to physically feel better. Which is so good for your body. And I like that your switch there was incremental. I thought you were going to go from 10,000 to 20,000 or something huge. Well, but there would be gone... days I would do over 20,000. Well, and 10,000 to me is still loads. But 
adding an extra, what percent is that? An extra fifth on top. So you're adding an extra 2,000. is just an incremental change. And with any movement you do, I'm always like, how much do you do already? What do you enjoy? Finding movement you enjoy, I think, is key. Otherwise, you won't do it. And then trying to do it. If you do it twice a week, can you do it three times? Or as you say, can you just up it a little bit with what you're already doing? And finding stuff you like. Find people that you like to do it with. Uh, go for a, a walk at lunchtime if you can. Trying to get daylight at this time of year is key. So it's just trying to move, get out, get into fresh air if you can. Go to the gym if you want that. But don't just join the gym if you hate it because you won't you won't stick with it. I've got to leave it there. We've got the 6 of 6 coming up, which I've got to get to. Helen Vaughan, psychotherapist with Manus Counselling. Thank you for coming in. And listen, come back to us later in the week, please. Because of all things, I want to ask you about how to fight better. We'll talk about that later in the week. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.